Hello. Oh, look at the size of that thing. It's fucking down here. It's almost as big as goddamn Chris Sorrow, man. <laughs> Fuck. Damn. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's going on, everybody? It is Thursday night. It is 9 p.m. and it is the Mike and Miss show. What's up, Mike? Holy smokes. That thing looked huge, even all the way from Florida. Jesus. Yeah. What the hell well, are you, you doing? And the steroids are better <laughs> in Florida. It's that extra money you pay for that hamburger goes straight to your biceps, I can see. <laughs> uh you know it man so everything's been good we finally finished up disney uh we made it to my mother-in-law's house i'm in my makeshift studio in the back porch right now and we are looking forward to our two big guests tonight first we got golden glove golden gloves chris sorrow followed by brandon malo lambert a uh, couple of goat combat agency boys doing their thing down in puerto rico uh what do you got going on mike me same old, same old over here. I've been running around like a chicken with my head cut off while you've been going. I know. It's like I left town and shit hits the fan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, before we get going, on aisle five. before we get going, do you want to do, um, do you want to do a shout out to our sponsors real quick and then get this show on the road? Yeah, you take, I'll put them up. You can take care of it. All right, man. First, uh, first off, we got Massage Therapix, Holding Hands Massage. They are accredited and they are uh registered with the department of veteran affairs you go see jackie holden for all your chronic pains knee back you know all that shit if you're if you're i don't i don't have the thing in front of me so i'm just shooting uh if you're a veteran go to www.holdenhandsmassage.com and if you are a non-vet non-soldier go to massage therapist massage.com massage therapist.com go ahead and make yourself a appointment with jackie and you will thank us later and our other sponsor is Killfoot Clothing, veteran-owned, American-made products, uh, maker of the Mission Accomplished t-shirt that is on the market right now. We are sold out for the second time in the last month and a half, so I got a next order on uh, on the way. So if you want a Mission Accomplished t-shirt, you just go ahead and hit me up on the inbox, and we'll get you one as soon as possible. And that is it. Let's go ahead and get our first guest of the evening on tonight his name is chris golden glove sorrow and he is a badass fighter for the bare knuckle fighting championship what up chris what's up guys thanks what's for up? having me chris going on hold on hold on a second man let's try something here you're angling it towards the lens so that makes it big <laughs> <laughs> i gotta do whatever i can to, to cut corners <laughs> jeez but i mean i mean dude uh Chris, you are cutting to my weight, which blows my goddamn mind because we did a we did a interview down in Florida. Two, where are you where are you sitting right now? I'm probably like, two after tonight, probably two twenty-four around there. Right perfect. Yeah, coming from two fifty-five. It's crazy, man, because I I you know, you met me briefly down there, but I walk around two oh five, two ten. And yeah. you seem like a massive human being when I was sitting there talking with you. And and then when I heard you were cutting to 205 for this fight, I was just like, what the fuck did I just hear? Yeah, this guy's got his hands full um, because it's this isn't just a weight cut, like a water cut. This has been like a slow, slow cut with proper diet, you know, proper training. We're doing three a days down here. We're still doing three a days, steady, like hard. Got nine miles in yesterday. So, yeah, I'm, I'm normally I walk around like 250, 255 um, natural weight. That's what I'll go up to after a fight. And uh, 
you know, 205 is my weight. 205 is my weight class. That's where everyone's going to have a fucking hard time. I tell you what, man. It's going to be this dude's guy's hands full. Go ahead, Mike. What is that? Is what's, Can you say that? Monabo Island, the Mecca of Bear Knuckle? Monabo. 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 Yeah. yeah. The Mecca. Now you had a uh, you had a opponent change, right? So you weren't supposed to be fighting um, Isatola Kakar at first, right? You were fighting somebody else. No, no. you mean with Haim Gozali? Yeah, right. It just never came into fruition um, with with travel, COVID, all that. You know, all the junk that goes along with that, um, and regulating a fight. Um, it's it just never came into fruition. Um, I definitely am excited about that fight, but right now, you know, they came to me with as a as a tool of a car, and you can get it. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you know about him? Because uh, I was looking um, him up, and it seems like he has a pretty crazy uh, history. He's on that steady lettuce diet over there. Yeah, that's oh God, very good. I'm just kidding. Finish. <laughs> um, we know his kickboxing background. Seems like a karate kickboxing background. Obviously, if anyone's looked online, there's not much for footage on him. Um, right. A little bit of amateur boxing stuff, this and that. Um, especially when I see stuff like that. And then, but we've heard, I've heard all through the grapevine that this guy, we don't take this guy lightly. You know, you can't take anyone lightly when it comes to bare knuckle because it just takes that one. And uh, he ain't going to get that one. <laughs> I'm going to get that one. But Hell he, uh, you know, we don't know a lot about him. But I know enough to know that uh, I'm preparing like like this is a title fight, man. You know, this is I could literally I'm at my my pinnacle, my my peak of what I can do physically. Like uh, you, with three a days, you can't you don't hear about four a days. We're at the peak, and so uh, with diet and everything, so it's right down to I have to watch every little thing I put into my body, and I have to be on top of every workout. Um, every everything that we do is time. Every run is time. Morning, afternoon, and evening. The amount of rounds I get in are all timed and marked. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's this is this is going to be my best performance to date. That's for sure. And so yeah, we don't know. Whenever I get an opponent that we don't, you know, Josh had a lot of, of footage on. But when we get an opponent that there isn't much footage on, one. Thing I know for damn sure I've learned in time is uh, you never take anyone lightly, whether there's footage or not. You don't take anyone lightly, especially in this sport. So we ain't taking him lightly at all. Good, good. So talking about your last fight, uh, we know what happened. How has that changed you as a fighter? I lost a fight in seven years. So um, losing to Josh was the best thing that could happen in my career. If I had won that fight and, and um, you know, put that, everything about the fight aside, if I had won that fight, it wouldn't have been a good thing. It's, it was a slap in the ass that I needed to make all the proper changes that needed to be made. And so that's why I'm down here. My camp is down here now. You know, I'm getting, I'm training with the best fighters in the world. You know, I'm coming home bloody at night. Uh, I'm, I'm collapsing from, from workouts every day. I go right to the point of death. Um, I made a lot of life changes, a lot of technical changes, a lot of professional changes. Um, it, it's exactly what needed to happen. You know, you watch a fight in slow motion, it looks like I was down for a long time. I bounced down and I bounced right back up. It, I was definitely, it was a good shot fight. That, that was a good call to fight. But 
it, it, I wasn't, you know, it, there was no um, uh, residual damage from that or anything like that. I bounced straight back up. I was good to go. We went out for drinks that night with Bobo, O'Bannon, and Ras Hilton and the crew and stuff. So it was good. Um, you know, I, 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 I would love that rematch. And uh, I've only been a pro for two years. He'd been a pro since 2002. So uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with um with I came out I didn't hold one damn punch you know I came out to kill from the first punch I threw right to the last punch and I will and, and you should know by now three fights in BKFC if you watch uh, my my whole pro career I come to kill from the beginning that's my nature so uh, it's a fight it's a fight man it's it, it needed to happen but I tell you what it's uh, iron sharpens iron. And they, that shit ain't going to happen again. That shit ain't going to happen again. Dude, it's like a, you know what? It's, it's like um, back in high school, you know, you, you get in a lot of fights and you, and, you, and you win a lot of fucking scraps back when you're a kid. And, and then your old man tells you, you know what? You're going to get your fucking ass kicked one day and it's what you're going to need. And then you get that ass whooping. <laughs> and, and then you're like, okay, it brought you down to earth a little bit. You, yeah. you know, in a in a professional fight and stand stand, you were like you were that you were one of the bad boy, almost bullies on the block. You know what I mean? Nobody, you know, you weren't afraid of nobody. And this was there's a there's a light at the end of every fucking tunnel. And uh, that fight may have been that one for you. Now, were you planning on going down the two oh five? one way or the other after that fight or was was it well the thing was we were at 205 to begin with and without getting into a lot of technical background stuff that you know like um the promotion probably wouldn't appreciate me sharing we took that fight at heavyweight um so i could stay busy you know uh, I, another fight 205 is going to be a long layoff and this is where i've learned management's important because i'll never say no to a fight so if they call me they know the answer the answer is yes so now I got a management team. They, you know, uh, uh, they check with them first. If it, if it makes sense, then they come to me. I appreciate that because I'll always say yes. I'll say yes to 20, 300 pound men, you know, with weapons. I will go out. I will die. I will, I will, it's not in my nature because I'll lose sleep over shit like that the rest of my life. So, um, so no, 205 is always like <clears throat> for that fight, for instance, I was 250 pounds, 248 or something that wins. I, the, the lack of cutting weight was also the lack of conditioning because the amount of conditioning I do to train for every fight by the end of that conditioning camp, I'm at 205, you know, I'm right, right. Like the conditioning is part of the cut. And so by not cutting weight, it's like I had to watch my conditioning. So I did, I had to keep eating every time I was losing. It was a weird, it was a good example of me all like knowing that, yes, I, um, I'm a little arrogant. I'll always say yes. But that's where I need a team to make the right professional decision. Um, but if they ask me right now, they say, Josh is coming down the driveway. Will you fight him? I'll fucking trip coming out the door running for it. That's a, it's nothing personal. That's, we're professional fighters. You know? And I think there's too many people in the sport that cherry pick. That's a fucking – am I allowed to swear in here? Yeah, yeah of course. Okay. You're, you're talking to a couple of military guys here, dude. We use fuck, like com <laughs> we use fuck like commas, man. Yeah, um, I, I try not to, but uh, um, <laughs> I don't understand cherry picking in the sport. You hear about that shit all the time. Sean O'Malley, uh, that that dude that knocked him out, you know, they offered Sean and him the fight, and he said yes, and Sean never replied. And, and every interview they ask him about, he, like, walks around. And other than Sean O'Malley, I'm just using that as an example. He's yeah. some of the best people in the world. 
take a loss if it's coming again. This, you know, like go out there and plan on winning every time. You know, cherry pick. You have to take chances in this sport, and that doesn't mean just in the ring. Like you have to take chances to build your career. If you stay still, or you, if your next step doesn't make you a little bit nervous, it's not worth taking. You know, that's how I, I see it. So. I don't know if I answered your question or if I went on. No, that's that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Mike was about to ask you something. Yeah, I don't get the cherry picking thing. I'm I'm always into like top guy, uh, you know, fights the top guy or girl, you know. I I, I don't understand that. Uh, You know, when did it ever when did it ever become a thing to turn down fights? I don't understand. I I don't know when that became around when Facebook came out and kids started like, you know, men started getting really soft. (laughs) Because <laughs> you never want to see Marvin Hagler cherry picking or Tommy Hearns or or uh, you know James Braddock, you know, and some of these guys. There was no cherry picking. Cinderella man was cherry picking. He was there to make money. You know, come to fight to kill. Uh, you know, and put food on the table and stuff. So I don't know. I think it became a thing when social media became a factor in combat sports. If you were to go back before before social media was ever a thing. Your manager sits in your gym. Before, you know, I'm talking like before plastic Nokia faceplate phones. You're in your gym training. Your coach comes up to you, your manager, whoever it is, offers you a fight. And if they agree, you agree, you go out and you fight. There's none of this. Well, you know, this guy's got more followers on Twitter. It makes more sense to take this fight because it's red panty night if we do and all that shit. <laughs> do, do, you think you it was, do you think it was like the Conor McGregor era that, I mean, you said social media, but even when so, social media has been around yeah. for a while, but it wasn't until like, maybe you're just, maybe you just got onto something. Maybe it wasn't until like the Conor McGregor era, the Floyd, yeah, Maywe- think- the Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor era that people yeah, started because saying. Yeah, you would no. rarely hear in, in, I'll make you, you know, rich. any kind of back talk. You would rarely hear about fighters pulling out or not taking a fight, an offer for a big fight, waiting for the other one. Now there was there was you know mention of it, but it's very very little. You know, I've been around long before Conor McGregor. This is my 14th year steady in the sport, and I remember when I started, MySpace was still a thing. Yeah, my, MySpace, Tom. Yeah, was a guy's but, name I mean, Tom. People didn't even know how to use it you know, and incorporated into the sport that time. You didn't hear a lot of cherry picking back then. And maybe there was cherry picking going on. There was no social media for us to know about it. You know what I mean? It was kept under the rug more, but I got a funny feeling with how saw I was just born in the wrong era, dude. I was supposed to be 500 years ago. So I'm, you know, don't mind me with this, but as men and women, human race as a whole gets softer, there's going to be more cherry picking. The average champion today has never been in a street fight. And that's not a bad thing. You I'm know, and, and that was one of one of the fights. I remember a few, I don't know, maybe Caleb Harris's first fight with the BKFC. Yeah. Right. Caleb Caleb Harris said it wasn't until his first fight in the BKFC he had ever been hit with a bare fist, which blew my right. mind. I was like, Whoa. Caleb isn't soft. Right, exactly. Record. I don't think that doesn't make anyone soft because that man a street fight makes him smart. <laughs> right. But like you said, though, that, that blows your mind that the guy's a professional fighter and he's never actually been in a street fight before. It's just- Demetrius uh, Johnson, same thing. Never been in a street fight. Never, never laid a hand on someone without a glove and, uh, you know, kept his job at, like, Target up until he got the title shot. So, wow. you know, there's a lot of different kind of cats. That's what's cool about this sport compared to any other sport. I'm not talking just combat sport. I mean, any other sport. 
if you ask any fighter, why do you fight? And I mean, like, for not a generic answer, you know, like, why do you fight specifically? Every single fighter is going to have a different answer. Like, my answer is very custom to why I fight. And Elvin's answer, completely different and custom to why he fights, Elvin Brito. You know, you ask any single fighter, it's all going to be custom. That comes out in styles. So when you watch me fight, I like to be super technical because I love the science of boxing and I come from a family of boxers. I'm also super aggressive because I got a lot of shit inside me I'm trying to work out and shit from my, 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 my youth and growing up. And I like blasting and I love violence. So that's my style. I like intensity, all that. You see, uh, you see it in uh, a fighter like uh, Reggie Barnett. Some aggression, super, super technical. Uh, I can't speak for Reggie because I don't know his personal story and why he fights. But what I'm getting at is, it's custom to every single fighter and why they fight. You know, that's what I like about this sport in general. Is I'm an artist. I made my my I living as an artist, commercial artist before you know I turned pro to support my amateur career. And I'm all about, you know, creativity and, and individuality. And you get that in this sport, you know. We're, we're a bunch of fighters, so there's going to be animosity. There's going to be you – know, we're all going to have our own way of dealing with confrontation and shit like that. But it makes it interesting for me. I told you I was going to go off on tangents. <laughs> hey, that's what you're here for. You're here to talk about you and what you think and your fights coming up and your life and all that good stuff. Yes, sir. So, so how's Puerto Rico uh, treating you? How's the food there? We talked about the food before with uh, Britain Hart. And uh, how's the food there? Are you trying anything crazy? What's your, fi- what's your favorite food? Uh, what's your favorite it's all food fresh, there? fresh, fresh meats and cheeses. You know, fresh, no cheese. It's cutting out on the dairy. <laughs> but everything's fresh down here. We're, there's no fast food. You know, and, and my diet's super strict right now. It's like, you know, rabbit food, really lean proteins, lots of water, getting ready for the, you know, the final cut. But the food's amazing down here. Right down the road, there's a pig roast. Every week, they put a they put a fresh pig up so you can drive by and see it. And you can go up. It's in the building. You go up there. It's a new pig. Like, every week, just cooking all week. You can go up and just, I want a little bit of the knee, a little bit of the, the hip. You know, they got crab stands. Like, crabs real big down here. You can just go for a run or walk down the street, go up to this lady. For a dollar, she'll give you a little, little, uh, little uh, pita wrap heaping with crab meat back home in maine that would be 13 dollars for that right there and you get them mm. for a dollar wow. and so when i'm not down here cutting weight food's amazing when i am cutting i can't really get to enjoy it too much but I, but we still make it delicious i'm eating leaves yeah you're eating leaves, <laughs> mm. leaves. now hey i want to hold on mike i want to i want to talk about something for a second uh two three weeks ago i had josh burns on here yeah, I know. And, he's, and uh, this guy, somebody, Dickman Dicklehammer, or whatever the fuck this dude's name is, says, I'm surprised to see Sorrow on this podcast after Mish arrogantly said he hopes Burns taught him some respect. Okay, let me let me talk about this for a second. We talked about... Can we the, talk about this guy's name first off? Dickman yeah, Dicklehammer? Dickman Dicklehammer. Dude, right. cursed his whole life. Holy shit. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I don't know if you saw the show, but I asked Josh about your guys' animosity going into that fight. And he said that you guys were beefing the couple days before. And even after the fight, you guys were still beefing in the back room and whatever. And whether I said I hope you learned some respect or whatever the fuck, I probably meant it as far as. But you actually answered that question. Anyway, you kind of said that you got knocked off 
your pedestal and you and you needed that you needed that smack in the ass correct you know what i mean you went in there yeah, it wasn't with a as much as a pedestal as it was you get going too far in the wrong direction and there's no one there to say hey when you're winning fights you're not going home saying all right let's see what we did wrong you know right. you do but you your brain isn't telling you this was wrong this was wrong this was wrong you know so it was more of just uh, a smack in the ass as i'd like to put it or as he put it, bouncing the basketball, clown, whatever, head off the. But either way, didn't put didn't put me to sleep, motherfucker. I don't go to sleep. But the thing yeah. with Josh and you know, in all respect to you guys, I get it was my last fight. You want to talk about? It, but we both in two weeks are fight. I'm fighting as yep, Tula. Right. He's fighting Dylan Kleckler. You know, and and I respectfully declined being on a show earlier today. They, they wanted to bring me on while he was on. I was like, you're not, you know, I want to talk about my upcoming fight. Right. You know, yeah. and not as much Josh. Just like I'm sure Josh doesn't really want to talk about me as much as he does his upcoming fight. But I know a lot of people want to know and all that stuff. And there's just, there's a, I, I, uh, I'm not going to get into the beef because it's just, I'm not going to bring it up. Um, but I'll put it this way. We, uh, he's shown me some, uh, respect as of late and I respect that, you know, that's all I asked for. I'm not out here trying to be friends with anybody. I'm not trying to be right. enemies with anyone. Yep. I want to do the work and, and, and clock in and clock out and get my paycheck, um, with as little bullshit as possible. And it's the fighting game. Right. I, I, I don't shy from confrontation and Josh learned now that I will fight. He knows I would fight him any time. You know, no matter what he says, he knows that that's my nature. I didn't show, I have no part of me that says no ever. Yep. He, if face broken into pieces, I'm still going to come unless you put me down. So, you know, we, uh, you know, we'll just take it from here. You know, right now there's, I'm not even, he's not even on my mind. And, uh, you know, as much as I would love a rematch, I'm like, I'm a true professional. I'm fighting as a tool of Kakar in two as weeks. Yeah. And and there should be like a 205 tournament coming up soon, right? I mean, I know I how the, so. I know how the BKFC likes to do tournaments for their belts. Lorenzo like, Hunt, I think that's his name. Can't even spell my name right. Called everyone out and all at, at, at 205 and whatnot. It's like, dude, you are a, a, you are a different, you are a smaller breed than me. Let's not even go there. <laughs> I'm coming from coming down to the heavyweight, back to 205. Uh, I, I will break bones. I will break bones. You know, spell my name right, too, Lorenzo. Spell my name right. I love this, Chris. You seem fired up and ready, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually awesome. not my heart very calm. You don't want to see me fired up. I can break them. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I think Vince Anderson was saying, like, he, they, they got to rein you back, you know, because you'd be out there hunting. They do good. They got their hands full. <laughs> So, yeah. so I, I know you have like a really good relationship. It seems with like Elvin Brito and his family, uh, over there. Uh, and what do you guys do for fun besides training and stuff? What do you guys do together? Dude, we rest when we're not training. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so excuse me. Everything's fun down here. This is yeah. paradise. Um, you know, Malnabo, Arroyo, Patilas, this, uh, Humacao, where we go to Walmart, the whole place is fun. Um, the whole Island, everywhere you look, is it's paradise and it never gets old. You know, when you go on like vacation to a tropical place and after like, you know, five, six days, you got the kids, you're ready to get home. You know, you don't get that down here. It's, it's everyone here is um, super relaxed, super grateful. They're all very grateful people, very present, you know, they're they And, um, and it rubs off on you. Whenever I leave here, I'm always like, I go home super positive stuff like that. But you know, we, 
there's nothing else to do besides when you're done training, go down to the beach that looks like straight off of a postcard. No other people. And we all just set up hammocks and we hang out at the beach with his family and, and uh, you know, go swimming. And we go down to the river, the waterfalls and the rainforest. And then we go back to the gym. We go to sleep. We wake up. We This is my day. I wake up 6, 6.30. We go run either La Pica Mountain, which all, all together is a little over. It's like 5K, but it's – and uh, it's some bitch. That mountain—that's that's a that's a breaker. That's a deal breaker right there. We do La Pica every other day, and then we'll go um, to the track. Um, every other morning, it's either La Pica Mountain or we go to the track. When we go to the track, it's miles with sprints, hundred yard sprints as fast as we can. We go home, so we get home say eight eight thirty nine o'clock. Eat eat correctly, rest throughout the day, and part of my rest is either because I'm right on the ocean. I'll walk right down to the beach. Um, do some yoga, do some stretching, some shadow box. And I like to get in the water for like 30 minutes and, and work out and get that resistance, which is good for joints, all that stuff. And then um, by four, four o'clock, we got to be back here, get ready to go. 4.30, 4.45, we're on the road and we go to the jungle gym. Jungle gym is this place out deep, deep in the jungle that all the local kids that are training for whatever junior Olympics team, baseball team, soccer, all of them, they're out there with their coaches and they're flipping tires, hitting sledgehammers. I mean, in the depths of the jungle. That's why this is the jungle camp down here. There's no jungle camp in Miami. This is the, the jungle. <laughs> and we, uh, we, when we get done there, then we go to a royal boxing and we get our, our sparring in. Uh, we get our, our, we'll do eight to 12 rounds in there. The sparring, child boxing, heavy bag, pad work. And then we go home. We literally, by that point, you eat. I put a movie on and I pass out 20 minutes into the movie every night. And that's a repeat. <laughs> we only take one day off doing three of these. So it's intense. Yeah, I, guys. <laughs> I feel like that's me every day. I sit down for five minutes and I'm out cold. Yeah. Yeah. That's good though. It means you're working harder. <laughs> Except Mike Trying. does, Mike does that with um, approximately Noah days. <laughs> that's right. Noah days. They call yeah, it. They call them Noah days. You're on the, hey, you're on the, the bong diet. Listen, bong it's, it's, we're back to spring right now, okay? So I don't work out from October when we take our PT test for the for the army, and then as soon as we take that PT test, I'm off for the winter. You know, I go all yeah, the way yeah, until, yeah. Like, until like a good sixty degree day comes around, then I start running yeah. again. You know? Yeah. Well, good thing you're in the army, the Air Force. They have your your ass out there running every day. Ah, <laughs> that's a lie. Air Force ass. <laughs> Where are you at? Where are you at, Mike? I I live in Rhode Island. You're in Rhode Island right now. Yeah. So where in Rhode Island? Uh, Coventry, Rhode Island. I grew up in Cranston, and then Very I cool. moved to Coventry. Very cool. Half my family's from Providence, and the other oh, nice. half's New Haven, New Haven, nice. Connecticut. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Kyle lives in Connecticut. Yeah, I live in. Yeah, he's down. New England strong, baby. Yeah, yeah, baby. Oh, that's right. Patriots all the way. Um, Pepe's Pizza. Oh, my God. No. You know what I would do for Pepe's Pizza right now? I would kill. Oh, yeah. The, uh, I would, no, let me be careful what I would say. Dude, uh, you know what? People. I would eat a kitten. Sorry, little. I would eat a kitten <laughs> for Pepe's Pizza right now. <laughs> you, you know um, El Presidente from Barstool Sports? He named New Haven the pizza capital of the world. So Yeah, you got wow. Luigi, Sally's not anymore, Pepe's. What's the other one there? You uh, bar, you got bar, and um, they got one of them's called bar, bar pizza. It's yeah, like, bar is awesome. Bar is awesome. And then there was one more, but uh, yeah, they got three of the highest scores he ever gave out on that on yeah, the uh, yeah. barstool app. 
They uh, also have the steamed hamburger at Luigi's, which is the original home of the steamed hamburger. They have it patented. Listen oh to God. you. Right, I'm talking about food. Yeah. I, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, yeah, listen yeah. to you. You're, you're going into a deep dive on food right now because you can't eat any of it, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bad. Bad. You know, I, I, got to, uh, I got to spend four or five days in Puerto Rico on the, on the military dime. Uh, nice. I went down to the, to the Virgin islands to recover some aircraft. We had to load them up on a C 17 and fly back to the States. And on the way back to the States, we had a, a fuel line pop inside the, um, inside the aircraft. So it was like leaking fuel. So we had the emergency land in Puerto Rico, uh, which oh, was, yeah. that was a crazy, I, I don't know if anybody's ever, anybody watching out there has ever heard of this, but in the military planes, the oxygen mask is a bag. You put this bag over your head and then you pull these two cords and it fills up with air. And, and then you uh, suffocate and die. Right. Yes. And then you breathe that shit until the breathe until the bag's about this close to your head. And then the uh the crew chief tells you to switch bags and you pull it off. Dude, you rip it off, you put another bag on, you pull the two cords and it fills up. Well, we landed in Puerto Rico and uh the Kentucky Air Force that was flying us told us to offload our shit, get our shit off their plane. They're taking off. They're going home. Ditched us in Puerto Rico. Uh, yeah. I got to tell you, man, being ditched in Puerto Rico, on a, when, and we had to call back to the, to the state. We had to get uh, per diem. They gave us $120 a day per diem. We were like, dude. Let's fucking take all that money out of the ATM right now and go nuts. Yeah. And we had a good time, man. It was a good time. But yeah, we Puerto Rico's the shit. I'd be yeah. the only one walking off that plane with the rubber glove over my nose, you know, <laughs> blowing up, <laughs> blowing that shit up. Fuck, yeah, man. Good I'm, all right? I'm all set with that. I'm all set with Puerto happening. Rico, man. Getting stranded in Puerto Rico, it ain't no castaway. This nah. is the place to get stranded. I wouldn't want to be doing any emergency landings with fuel lines leaking, but. If, if if I knew we were laying in Puerto Rico, I'd be all about it. <laughs> get my get my parachute on. But no, man, this is the place to be. It's it's so peaceful here. Everybody here is in such a good mood. Like no one shuts the front door here. The doors just stay open. If you're from New England, you shut your door, you lock your car, and all that stuff. Here, yeah. it's like leave it open. You close the blinds at night. Yeah, that's yeah. It, 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 yeah. No, I leave everything open. Free balling. <laughs> My neighbors are you probably have all seen me naked by now. <laughs> I walked down the porch the other night and make a phone call in my bath towel. And I'm just readjusting it. And then when I'm walking back in, I'm like, how many people did I just show my dick <laughs> to? <laughs> Not good. I'm gonna think. get in trouble for that. You know about the guy who got in trouble because he was like looking out the window. He like had his hands on his hips. He had gotten out of the shower. He was at like an airport or something, but he was like up on like the twentieth <laughs> floor. And he had walked That's up. Me. He's looking out the window, and the people in the airport saw him, yeah. and he got uh, charges pressed on him. The cops came in, arrested him, and shit. It was the whole it's thing. It's innocent. That's me. That's like me and my dad. Just, he was just chilling. Italian, we're not kidding. thinking. We're walking around like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel for that guy. Poor guy. Why do they have to charge him? It's embarrassing enough with everyone got. Uh, yeah, and now he's uh, view with your ball sack. They gotta give you. I gotta arrest you. Also, now you're <laughs> a registered sex offender. Next yeah. thing you know, you yeah. Now you're registered. Yeah, oh yeah, I go knock on right? doors and tell people, yeah, my balls are you know there for. Oh man, no. so hey, Mike. Before we before we bring our next guest on, do we want to yep. give want give Chris an opportunity to do some shout outs and give us a a in depth very precise prediction on how you're going to win this fight. Absolutely. Um, let me get my sponsor list up real quick, guys. Here's half of it. 
Here's got half him, of it. Got them at the bottom there for you, buddy. Oh, you got them. I got two lists. So this is the first list. Yeah, if you if you post those while you're posting those, I'll give you the prediction on the fight. How's that okay. work? Okay, good. Sounds good. Oh, um, yeah, no, I don't. I didn't have the list in front of me. I know how you guys were going to have it. But, yeah, all my sponsors watching are going to be happy with that, especially Tony yep. Murray. Here we are, though. I love Tony. Patriot Homes, Richard Serene. I got to just go down while they're going. Guys. Wilkinson Title Agency. My uncle, he is, they, has been a help since day one. Bring it. Ben Durkee, day one. Don Greenwood, I mean, has saved my life. I love these guys. LNL Transportation, Elena has done everything for me. Main, main man flavors, Pat, the Provender, Darren, MXA Fitness, my home gym, my family gym. I love all you guys. I miss you guys. Uh, EMS, Rev Gear, since day one, so right and so good. Sauna Tech, keeping me sweating and my boobs getting smaller. Corey Nevels for welding everything at our gym. Rude Clothing, I love you, Julian. MMA Uncensored, Chris LeBeau. Goat, enough to say about Goat. I love you guys. Sinclair Builders, Randy, Jake, I fight for you. Every fight is for you, brother, till the end. I love you, man. I love you guys. Thank you. And so, yeah, my prediction for this fight, I'm a fight. This is this is gonna be the fastest, most explosive. I'm gonna hit this dude so many fucking times, so hard. He's gonna be cut, bleeding, and he's gonna wish that he had picked another person to have his introduction to BKFC with. It's gonna be it's gonna be violent, and uh, you're, what happened last fight's never gonna happen the fuck again, ever the fuck again. So what you're about to see April third, it's gonna be some real violent, aggressive shit. You're gonna feel this in your chest, and it's not gonna be like anything else you've ever seen before. It ain't gonna be an ass in their seat. That is a fact, and that's it. Good. That's awesome. a hell of a prediction. I love yeah. it, man. We yeah. love the yeah. violent fights. Yeah. <clears throat> so we are going to bring on a man who you either love him or you hate him. I don't think there's any in between. I, I don't think I've met anybody that go, eh, he's okay. Not one time has anybody ever said that to me, you know? <laughs> it, it, I swear to God. And I, I'm sure he probably agree, and maybe you would too, Chris and Kyle. But uh, anyways, we know him as, him, you know, Mr. Malo, the bastard of bare knuckle, the green-haired geezer, you know? <laughs> it is Brandon Lambert. What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? What's going on, Malo? Not much, man. Doing recovery. We just had a hell of a session. Chris was in there putting in some work, shark tanking today. So, uh, yeah, we're just doing some recovery right now, man. It's uh, been a hell of a day. Are you in Puerto Rico with Chris right now? Are you, like, outside while he's sitting inside? What's going on here? Uh, so, I'm at my house. Oh, okay. In Puerto Rico. Um, wow. Outside. Because I have no signal inside my house. <laughs> well, you sound good. You look clear. This is good. Yeah. Right. So, what we like to do on the Mike and Miss show is pull some crazy, fun, bullshit, off-the-wall, non-combat sport game to play with our guests. Usually, it's some sort of trivia, some sort of... We played uh, Never Have I Ever with Crystal Pittman. We yep. uh, we played a few other the games. Useless, the what useless we, information quiz that we did with yeah. uh, John what? Lee Chalbeck versus... Uh, Alicia Zepatella from Invicta, 105-pound uh, champion. Uh, we did a bunch of stuff. Brackets. We were doing March Madness brackets, but not about base uh, basketball. We did it about food and shit like that. Was the fraud drunk or sober? 
Well, I think that you were on that podcast, and if I if I can quote you, I think you said, "What is this guy drunk?" Oh, yeah, he's drunk on every podcast. I think he has a social social anxiety on speaking or something. Uh, I, like to, I like to have a little bit of a mixer, uh, you know. Um. So, what are we playing tonight, Mike? So I'm tonight, down, hey Malo, I'm down here on vacation, so I got Mike running the show. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, he's he's freaking so he slapping me around saying, "Hey, you better get to fucking work, Mike. I gotta right? go to Florida." Jesus. <laughs> All right, so tonight what we are gonna play is a little game I like to call sorrow or Malo. <laughs> so basically, like we're gonna go through a few things on which one of you are more likely to do, you know, whatever in the circumstance that we give you, right? Oh shit. So I'm going to put them up on the board, and uh, Kyle, you can read the first one. All right. Malo, uh, Saro or Malo, who is more likely to survive on a desert island? Who answers? You both do. Go go first, uh, uh, Malo. Chris, Chris. I'm, I'm going to have to say I'm going to have to say Saro because the dude's up from Maine. He knows the outdoors. <laughs> he can live in the in the in, in harsh climate. And I'm kind of a pussy when it comes to that stuff. I, I'd be SOS and fires and shit. So I'd have to say sorrow. <laughs> I'd be putting fires out in my truck. I'd get a whole air compressor in the back. Now, <laughs> yeah, I got to go with me on that. Brandon made a good point. I was I was waiting to see what he was going to say. But, yeah, I'm from friggin' Maine. You guys know Maine. We're yeah. all like everyone from Maine. The only reality shows we're on are those like survival reality shows. Yep. They're always like from Maine, <laughs> winning big money. You're gonna be on Naked and Afraid soon. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm all about Naked and Afraid. I don't know. I don't think they could handle me though. They'd be like, "All right, just keep drugs on, making everyone jealous." So. Hey, that, there was one dude who got bit by like a venomous snake and had to be freaking taken out of there by a helicopter. Remember that, that shit? That's wild. Yeah, we I'm got spiders down here in Puerto Rico, the size of like a motorcycle helmet. Oh, yeah, God. wake up one of those on my face. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> I'm bad here. Wait, look, uh, real quick, I I gotta stop the game for just one second because I gotta bring this in. What the hell is this thing? Can you tell me? Can you see this thing? <laughs> Dude, what the? Fuck? I don't know. Brandon, you know what that thing's called? That's the size of my hand, guys. No, that's the scariest thing I've ever seen. They're fucking. I had more everywhere. hair on his legs than my father. No, I'm telling you, this thing they're, was. They're everywhere. Yeah. No. Dude. This more has a lot of like the Australia oh hell nose. A lot of those are out here. Like, oh man, big Fuck ass bugs. That dude, it's weird. Milligrams. That, that, that looks like it's from another place. It literally has veins on its bicep. Ugh. Dude, that thing is fucking nuts looking. I couldn't believe that when I saw it. But yeah, uh, yeah oh. I came out my door and it was on the ground. It was all dark out and it disappeared. It went towards the bike. And I was like, I'm going to catch this fucker. And I turned the light on my phone and I'm looking for it, shining all over the bike, couldn't see it. And then I see it. it's on the bike and it's like waiting for its colors to adapt. Like, it's, oh, it sees me. But that thing oh, went my God. right up the bike and it tried to like, mold into the bike and i don't like spiders in general I'm, I'm okay with spiders i don't like a spider that can think you know what i'm saying <laughs> like a spider the size of your damn head man yeah yeah it's like if oh. i get a monkey i'm gonna get like a uh like a, a, a baboon one of the ones with the colorful asses they look like they're just about violence and eating shit but the little monkeys those are the ones that'll spend like 30 months plotting your death you hook the wire up with the bucket to the door yeah, that's like these spiders. That thing was smart. It was like looking at us and was like thinking, "What's who's gonna make the first move?" 
Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I'm all set with that. Anyways, I would have thrown a Molotov <laughs> cocktail at that thing. Yeah, yeah, Gatling gun. Screw <laughs> yeah. that. All right, well, number two, Mike. Number two. Who is more likely to wake up in another state without knowing how they got there? That would be me, because I ha it happens all the time. <laughs> oh, it's happened before. <laughs> Please share. Yeah. What, what did you? Uh, yeah, I, I gotta say, both of us. But if he if he does it all the time, he's got me beat. Um, this, yeah, yeah. I, I have can, the I can see Chris doing, doing it too, that, though. But, I could definitely yeah. see Chris doing that. Yeah. I, it would be one hell of a hangover movie if, if we all went went ham one night. <laughs> Vacation with goat combat. That's that's. I want to take I want to take all my guys to uh, to to Bangkok. So everybody in goat, I want to take everybody to Bangkok. Now that would be a movie. So yeah. if we go, Mike, uh, you guys got to come and, and video and, and uh, document it. <laughs> I'm uh, down. All day. You just found yourself. Yeah, I bring bail money because I'm definitely getting arrested in Bangkok. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 100% into a Thailand trip. You kidding me? That'd be insane. Oh, it's yeah, it's nuts. It so, is, oh my god. You guys would have to keep me because I always have like two arm, two girls in each arm. You'd be like, ah, Chris. You got to make sure that they're boys. not not those lady, not the yeah. lady boys. Yeah, yeah you gotta make sure those girls are girls. <laughs> <laughs> Numero Trace. Who is more likely to fall in love with a stripper? Well, I um have a past with a few of them, so I don't know. Yeah, you might have just admitted it. Because I don't go to I can't go to strip clubs. Like I can't yeah. I'm dirty. So like if I'm paying if I'm handing somebody some money, you're taking your panties off. <laughs> And keeping them off, so I don't go to strip clubs for that reason. So that yeah, I was in a long relationship with one. Now, if you said you said like a brothel or something, that would be me. But um, yeah, strip club, I, I can't, I can't do strippers because I don't go to strip clubs. Brandon would own the strip club, and I would try to marry him. No, that I wouldn't part. try to marry him, but I would try to make babies at least. That part. I was in a long, a decently long relationship actually with a stripper. And, and uh, one thing that I learned was because I never, never went to the the club and watched her work. And the one time I asked her, "Can you like show me like what you?" I almost got a whole plate of food thrown at me. <laughs> so I, she was able to keep it separate. She, uh, uh, but yeah, no, that's me. I like I like them crazy. <laughs> All right, All right. Good answers. I think it's two to two right now. <laughs> two. Are you keeping score over there? I think so. I think. Uh, all right. Oh no! Oh no! That that was only the third question. So how can be two to oh, no, two? Because we were both more. on the second. Yeah, good. So you're right. You're on it. All you're right. Number four. Two. Yeah, we're good at adding. <laughs> <laughs> Math is so easy. Uh, who is more likely to end up in jail? Both of us, because uh, both of us have a fucking temper, and we don't yeah. give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I got some stupid tattoos from my youth. I don't know if you can see them at all. What's it, what does that say? Fuck the police. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. That was from a long time ago. I will say that. I have many, many friends that, that are uh, on the force. Yeah, no, I have a hell of a fucking record. It's pretty intense. I, I'm very lucky. I'm a professional athlete today. and Very grateful. But, yeah, I've done a lot of, a lot of jail stints, unfortunately. Part of well, that, I guess. The past is past. You know what I mean? That's, That's it. right. Number right. five. I that line before Elvin, so yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> who, Saro or Malo, is more likely to skip out on the bill? 
That's me. I'm sliding, sliding it to Brandon, <laughs> who's waiting in the car. Oh, yeah. I I'm always the guy that gets gets told, "Oh, I left my wallet at home. Sorry, bro." So, yeah, I, I I would have to say sorrow on that because I, I can't. My mom was a waitress, um, for like 30 years or some shit. So like I've been I've been through that industry for a long time. So I got a lot of respect for servers and and the service industry. So I I couldn't skip out on a bill. Yeah. Now, yeah, in all reality, I wouldn't either. I will have to say this. I am one of those guys. If I got 20 bucks in my name and and I go to get breakfast at a place that comes out to 12, I give the whole eight, you know, like, because I waited tables. Believe it or not, I waited tables when I was 16 and 17 at Pizza Hut and uh, a couple of local restaurants back home. And the Pizza Hut ended, though, with someone complained about their wings and I ripped my shirt off like and walked out of Pizza Hut and slammed my name tag down the counter. I was like 17. I was like, that's it. That's me waiting tables. Probably be the same today, but, but no, I, I, uh, in all reality, so people don't think I'm an asshole. I, uh, I got all the respect, I got all the respect for, uh, for waiters and waitresses. That is a hard life. And, and uh, they're all hustlers. Because of the wings? Because of the wings. <laughs> you did that because of the wings. Yeah, this is what I said. He said, um, he said um, that his wings that were wrong. And so I showed him on. I go, well, I wrote down barbecue. That's what you said, correct? Okay, so apparently there's a middleman here. It's probably that guy back there that made you sweet and sour wings. All right? And they're, they're just sitting there looking at me. And I went, and then my manager came out and started yelling at me and stepped on my foot as she was walking away. And I was like, all right, no apology. And I went, Clark, and ripped my Pizza Hut shirt off and slammed my little shitty visor down and my name tag. And, yeah, I was a, I was a fun kid. And that was the second time wow. you went to jail. <laughs> yeah, this is why I don't wait tables, actually. That's why I'm a professional fighter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um Number six, who is more likely to be late? Sorrow. <laughs> really? I like oh, how fast yeah. you guys answer some of these. <laughs> Boom. Sorrow. Sorrow. I would, you know, I'm what? still working on it. That's one thing I'm still working on. I fashionably late. Fashionably late. He was over here talking about doing three days and four days. I thought this guy was the, the man that'd be 20 minutes yes, early. Yes, because I have Caesar who wakes me up and yells at me like nasty mean shit until i get out of bed if it wasn't for him i'd probably be late for some shit i'd get the work done but it would always be 15 minutes later for everything he put the goat in your bed they put the my watch is literally you. set to 20 minutes later <laughs> if that says anything so, and i'm still late so who knows thank you brandon nice oh uh okay here we go Number seven, who – this is going to be like both of us again, right? Who yeah. is more likely to get into a bar fight? Yeah, I, I, I would say more likely me at first because Sorrow has a more level head than I do. Um, and I think it would take a lot more – unless he was super hammered, but if he was sober and he knew the other person was hammered, I think that he could calm the situation down because he's got a good heart. Me, I just don't like shitty people, so I would just get in a fight with him. So I'd hit him. Vince Anderson in the comments says Malo. <laughs> we'll just go with that. We'll just stick with that one. Scott, Scott Farley thinks that's very funny, apparently. <laughs> and I'm sure these guys know you, so obviously. Yeah. Oh, Brandon's got that one. 
Three more. Three more. Back, right back home in my hometown, everyone from the bar I bounced at for like three years is like pulling their hair out. But Brandon's right. He's got that one. <laughs> nice. All right. Number eight. Who is more likely to help get rid of a body? <laughs> I would say both of us. Because if Chris came to me with the body, I'd help him get rid of it. And I truly believe if I came to him with one, he'd help me. That's true, friend. You shouldn't be smiling like a weirdo right now. But yes, I agree with Brandon. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I, I feel like you kind of got to do that for your friend, right? No matter what. Like, ah, God, that, that's such a hard question. Well, yeah. I always do it for the bad guy. I actually know Never people moving. that that happened to. So, <laughs> and that's not a lie, man. That's for real. If you've went through the things that me and Chris have went through together too, you know, we went through training, we're going through training camps together. I was there for his fight. You know what I mean? He was there for my fight. So like, there's a lot of emotional connection that we've been through. So like, yeah, if he needed, he needed me to get some, get rid of somebody for him. I'd help him for sure. Yeah. And same here, unfortunately, because it's just uh, my nature. That's how we ride. Let's not get any further into murder and homicide. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, let's move it on here. We have All too right, many let's enemies move to be speaking on, of yeah. these things. <laughs> All right. Who is more likely to squash the beef with an adversary? Who's more likely to move on? Probably Sorrow. I'm yeah. petty. <laughs> You're petty. You hold grudges. Brandon likes to live in the stress. Yeah. My heart can't allow it. So I need to I need to ignore and move on. But if anything comes if you confront me with anything, I got no problem. You got no problem. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I would say me. For lack of uh yeah. Yeah. Brandon <laughs> loves it. He loves it. He lives in it. Yeah. Dude, I'm loading up my Uzi by like the third troll come nine o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> <laughs> Frankie, Frankie Smalls or whoever that guy was. Oh, we get the best ones, dude. And now I'm getting pulled into it because we're, you know, we're down here together. So I'm getting all the friggin' Malo hate coming. My, I love it though. I love it because I tell you what, I tell you one thing about trolls and haters. One, I never hear it to my face, never, ever. Not one, one person has any of this shit to say ever to my face. If I ever see any of these people in public. Well, you know, like I never do. I call them golden nuggets. Like God doesn't give me those golden nuggets because I'd hang them by their underwear on something you now high up in public. But they, they're, they're, um, these, these guys, they, uh, I don't know. I find it interesting. One time I went out of my way. I don't give these time, these guys any, any time, but one time I went out of my way to track one of these trolls down through Instagram. They could be in Indonesia for all the fuck I know. I tracked all these guys down, found his phone number. I'm not even going to get into it. <laughs> my my ex, my last coach was, was a former cop. And I called this guy. He had no idea. And he picked up the phone. And I was like, are you freaking ding-dong acoustic playing at 87 in my underwear, whatever his name was on Instagram? And we had a little conversation. And he was the epitome of a troll, this guy. And uh, I just needed to hear his voice. And we had like a nice little one-on-one. -on -one. And man, what a, what a soft world we live in. <laughs> weird, soft, scared people that the only way they get hard-ons is if their mom looks at them or we reply to a comment. You know, that's like that Frankie Smalls dude. But, and all these guys, all of them can, can, can get it. They're never going to get it, though. They'll never get off their couch to go uh, pick their oh, nuts Frankie's up. Watching, dude. Fuck you, but I hope you were in Alabama. Oh, Frankie's watching. Oh, Frankie, by the way, dude, 
you'll never be on a podcast like this. I'm glad you're watching because you're an absolute nobody with a big mouth. If I ever saw you in person, I'd punch your teeth so far back in your goddamn throat. Your whole family would feel it. Yeah, I talked about your family. Anyway, sorry. I don't like that guy. All right, let's let's move it. Let's move it on before. uh, All right, cool. So number 10, am I reading this one? Am I reading this one? Yeah, you're reading this one. All right, so number 10, who is more likely to die first? in a zombie apocalypse. I was hoping this would get a little bit of the gears turning and maybe you guys can be like, no, 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 no fucking way. You're going to die first. Probably me because I would just go in and try to fight them as I try to fight everybody <laughs> and people that I'm not supposed yeah. to fight. So, yeah. It'd probably be Brandon me. Brandon wouldn't read the guy. instructions on the flamethrower or some shit like that. <laughs> I'd catch a ricochet. I don't know. That's a toss-up too. We, if we were to die, it would be from something stupid. It wouldn't be from a, from a one-on-one with a goddamn zombie. That's for sure. 100%. 100%. Frankie. Bunch of Frankies <laughs> coming at you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Frankie. I'm so glad you're watching, Frankie. This is the only the closest we'll ever get to hearing my voice. I love it. Go back to Fortnite or whatever you don't do. Would you like to do? All right. People do. <laughs> That guy went out of his way to watch this show. I tell you, I, I quoted a line from Dan Henderson. Some Dan Henderson told Michael Bisping before the first fight. And, <laughs> come from uh, all and, over. Uh, I just quoted Dan Henderson. I said the same thing Dan said to Michael Bisping, and uh, and and Frankie apparently couldn't uh, couldn't handle the hot seat. It's too bad, Frank. Go get a job. I don't know what you said to him, and I don't know we got him so fired up, but. This is good. This is good television right here. Is this oh, probably the first part on in the last three years? <laughs> Just listening to my voice. Sorry, I don't like that guy. I can't stand people. I'll never get to see these people. You know what I mean? Frankly, I'll give you an open option right here. I'll buy your ticket to Birmingham, Alabama. And after I beat you as a cool, I'll come find your gangy, gumby ass in the audience and you can get it too. But I know you won't take me up on that. If you do, though, here, here I'll buy your ticket. I'll fly you out there and buy your ticket to the event. And come out, come on over and talk to me, pal. Sorry, guys. You, you. <laughs> he can sit next to me. I'll be ringside. Yeah, no, he'd, he'd be hiding in the shade, like like the rest of them. Oh, Sorry, God. Mike. <laughs> okay. Well, hey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, whatever. Hey, I'm here. So that was a fun game of sorrow or Malo. I hope everybody enjoyed it. I thought I it was, thought fun. was fun. Yeah, we like to get a little bit of like, you know, we could talk about fighting. It's so wonderful. We love fighting. You guys obviously love fighting. That's what you do for a living. But some people want to know outside of fighting. So this is a good way to do it. And that's what that's what we decided to do with you guys today. So thank you for sticking around, Chris Saro. Uh, thank you for being on the show. And uh, any last words you want to say before you go? Uh, and then we're going to talk to Malo uh, yeah. I was gonna say one on one, but clearly Kyle needs to be here. Too, double so team. Whatever. Oh, yeah, no, I, uh, I would Get like to I do apologize. I do apologize for taking the last ten minutes to get that low life any time on your show. I do appreciate you guys having me on your show, though, for real. Um, I, lo- I love your show. I, I tend to find myself catch, catch myself watching it throughout the week randomly. It's fun. You guys do an awesome job, and you're both from New England. I appreciate that. You know, it makes me just feel like like at home right now, getting to talk with you guys. So, um, you know, I wish nothing but the best for all of you. And uh, you know, and Brandon too. Brandon's out here killing it. I'm proud of that dude. You know, and so for everyone who's got shit to say about Brandon, 
The dude's well, down here putting in some serious fucking work. So people don't, they got no place to be talking shit, but they're always going to because that's the yin to our yang and that's what keeps the balance in this world. So, but I love everyone. I love all of my fans, everyone back in Maine. You guys are amazing, you know, and you are my fuel. Everyone, New, New England, everyone all over the world that sends me love constantly. And trust me, there's plenty more love than hate, guys. Sorry, sorry, Frank. But um, I love you guys. You guys are my fuel. You know, I'm fighting for my community. I'm fighting for my family. Fighting for Jacob Sinclair. He's my best friend, my brother. And I wouldn't be able to be here today to entertain you guys if it wasn't for him because I do saved my life. All right? So um, I'm not a bully. I, I, I got love for everybody, you know, but I got no problem smacking in the mouth if you need one. So but I love you guys. Thank you for having me. Uh, stay tuned, BKFC 17. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a performance, you know, and I do have a lot of respect for my opponent. He's been nothing but respectful for me, but this is the fight game, you know, and I'm coming out there to, uh, to get that W, and that's what's going to happen. Gonna be Chris, good. when's the fight? April 30th, BKFC 17, Birmingham, Alabama. Very fighting championship. This is going to be my fourth appearance, and I'm very, very grateful to my, you know, this promotion's kept me busy. I, this will be my fourth fight since BKFC 9. You know, and so I know we got hundreds on the roster, so I'm very grateful, you know, and, and, uh, and I'm not going to waste that uh, opportunity one bit. So I'm down here eating lettuce. <laughs> all right, man. Oh, I don't have any love for Frankie. I saw someone left that comment. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good, guys. But, hey, thank, thank you. Thank you for coming and, on, uh, Chris. All right. Have a good night. All Take right. Easy, buddy. Take it easy. All right. What's happening, Mr. Malo? Not much, man. Enjoying and living life. Enjoying and living life down in Puerto Rico. So you have a home. You live in Puerto Rico. I didn't know that. That's yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm relocating down here. Yeah. So Elvin, Elvin found me a, a house uh, through his relatives, through his family. Um, so I'm renting a place right now looking to buy it. Um, but I'm gonna, also going to be buying some. A lot, there's a lot of abandoned buildings out here, a lot of abandoned houses. So I'm going to pick up a couple of those, renovate them, and then have them ready for guys to come out here to train. Nice, 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 nice. When is your next fight, man? Are you do you have one lined up or what's up? Yeah, we're. I'm in. I'm. I'm, I'm talking right now. Um, it's probably going to be July. Um, I'm still recovering from that weight cut. Um, that weight cut was tremendous on me. So um, I'm giving my body the proper amount of time to heal. I don't. You know, I'm, I know I talk a lot of shit and I call a lot of people out, but I want to do it right. I want to be 100% for this fight. So um, we're talking about July. I think my body would be ready in July. And then we're talking about uh, maybe a 155-pound fight um, to give my body more time to recover before I cut down to 145 because I'm going to make a – if I can come in here and I can dominate this fight, which I plan on doing, uh, I'm going to cut down to 145 and I'm going to make a run for the 145-pound belt. Nice. Awesome. You know what? What do you know? A date in July yet? Is there a day set? No, for... um, I, I don't even uh, no. I, I we were talking before I was gonna um, fight maybe in uh, like in June in Biloxi maybe like the twenty third or whatever, um, and then events got switched around. Um, so I'm not sure of the date in July. I just know that there's a, a couple of dates that are being kind of played with right now for a bunch of different events. So I'm just waiting. Um, I'm just waiting to, to for Nate to call me. Um, I'm not. If I would have won my fight, or if I would have looked good, then I would be in a position to demand or to ask for something. But I'm not in a. I'm not in a uh, any position to be demanding or asking for anything. So I'll, I'll wait my turn, and when Nate wants me to fight, I'll, I'll come out there and fight. 
Right. We I, haven't we haven't talked to you since since Knuckle Mania, right? This is the first time. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, How did you, so. let me ask you about that? How did you feel? I know you, I know you said that the weight cut you cut about forty pounds to get to one thirty seven, right? You had a hard time getting to one thirty five. Yeah, I know that the weight cut killed you, but how did you feel about your actual performance in the ring? Did you did you like it? Did you hate it? What do you have to say about it? I've watched my fight twice. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm not. I did too. <laughs> obviously i'm not um i'm not impressed with my performance as far as like my technical skill um but i am impressed that i even made that walk because that fucking weight kit that weight that weight cut fucking murdered me um i mean it almost killed me so um i know now not to play with my body that much and how serious this is so um I want to take it very, very cautiously and very, very methodically to make sure that I can, you know, I'm 38 years old, so I I don't have 10 years in this game. I have maybe realistically four or five years and I legit want to be a champion. So I'm legit putting in the work to do that. Um, So, I mean, I was dead after the first round. Um, I remember going to the corner and asking Brock, I was like, how do I, how am I doing? He's like, you're fucking winning, bro. He's like, you're doing good. You just need to calm down a little bit and find your range and 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 work your jab and stay behind your jab. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm doing this. You know, like, I've been wanting to do this for forever. And I'm thinking, fuck, dude, like, I'm doing this. I'm here. And I remember, I remember thinking, like, I had, like, this vision inside of my head of my kids watching me, you know, like me on the TV and my kids watching me. <clears throat> and as soon as I turned around and I seen Jared on that line, it felt like a ton of bricks hit me. And I was lethargic. My knee was my knee was killing me anyway because I had hurt it in the back anyway. So a lot of people don't know this, but after uh, there was a there was a fight before I fought. There was a dark fight. Um, fuck's his Lip, name? Drew Lipton, right? That's it. What? Drew and 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 any other gentleman fought. Um, no yeah. disrespect to them. I just couldn't remember the name at the time. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it was Drew and the other gentleman fought. And I got up on on stage getting ready to walk out after they got done. And then I was told to go back into the into the locker room for 20 minutes, five, between five to 20 minutes because of production. So I went back into the back and we sat down for a minute and then Brock's like, no, nah, we got to keep you warm. So we went into the bathroom to work out and um, Dylan Kleckler's opponent, Jensen, was in there um, doing mitts or whatever. And I don't know if they if somebody in his crew was at the sink or if it was sweat or a water bottle or what, but they had water on the floor where I was doing um mitt work and i slid a little bit hurt my knee a little bit so when i'm leaning back and i'm throwing that shitty ass jab from my hip i can't i couldn't put any 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 weight on my lead leg my lead leg was fucked so i was afraid if i put weight on it i was going to go down and i would end up like uh like fred like fred did when fred hurt his knee in in miami i didn't want to do that i didn't want to go out like that um because then everybody would call me a fraud just because of the way i came in you know so all I wanted to do at that point was hit him with my left. I knew if I touched him with my left, he would go to sleep, but I couldn't get the motherfucker to come to my left. He was, he knew what I was trying to do. They had the perfect game plan. They knew exactly how to beat me. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. I mean, in the first round, you were working the jab pretty well. Uh, you have the range. So you were keeping out at a, keeping him at a distance. And 
I feel like as the, as the when the second round came around, like you had said, and I I've watched other uh, interviews that you've done, and you you kind of started slowing down like halfway through the second round, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like you know you you weren't following the jab with anything because if you I think if you were following the jab, uh, then you would probably land a little bit cleaner with the left, but it was kind of like you were just throwing like kind of one punch and kind of moving around, and and you weren't really following up with anything. Which obviously you you know you watched the fight. I only watched the fight twice too. We were there. We saw it live, and then I watched it again. And you know you you're being honest. You know what you did, what you did wrong, and what you had to work on. And you've been in Puerto Rico working on that stuff. And I don't know. Do you have you been training? Because I saw that you might be training with Jerry Grant. Has that happened? Uh, it hasn't happened yet um, because I was still waiting for my body to recover. Um, and then Elvin had his camp, so I came down here. Um, but I do plan on going and training with Ryan Perez. I think Ryan Perez is a great boxing coach. Uh, I think that anybody that trains with him is going to do very well in boxing or in bare knuckle. And, yeah, I'm very excited to get in there and work with them. Um, but right now, you know, since Chris has a fight coming up, um, I'm dedicated to my team first and foremost. Um, I'm dedicated to Elvin first and foremost. So um, he's out here training Chris. I want to be out here doing that with him. So after Chris's fight, um, I may take off for a little bit and go back down to Florida and, and train with Ryan for a little while. Um, but then I'll be right back up here to Puerto Rico because, you know, this is going to be my home now. Nice. You ever go back to, you said you spent time in, in Thailand, correct? Yeah. In the past, you ever go back or? Yeah, uh, I was just back. Uh, I was back right before COVID, like February, like a month before COVID hit. Yeah. I went, w- I went there for like three you, or four weeks. Were you living in Thailand at yeah, one I point? Lived, or? Yeah, I lived there for like four and a half, five years. Really? Yeah. What what made you um, move to Thailand and live out there? I got in some trouble here that I needed to leave from, oh. so I just figured Thailand would be a good place. Escape to go. plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, going back to the sorrow you know, or we tomorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. This goes right back to the sorrow <laughs> or tomorrow, tomorrow game, tomorrow game. Okay, that's funny. I was thinking, dude, do you have an opponent in in mind? for july or are you just uh waiting to see what bkfc has i mean yeah there's i mean i really want to fight john Chaw back i think i think if i had a three-month camp and i could get you know and i and i trained trained with ryan for a while and i came back and i trained trained with elvin and sparred exclusively with elvin for at least a month i think i could beat john Chaw back that's who i want to fight um he's got a lot of hype for no reason and i like to take it from him um but i'm gonna fight anybody that nate shook or David Feldman asked me to fight because I owe that to them. So speaking on Chalbeck, you so you want to fight Chalbeck? You think yes. that he is as you, I, I'm going to quote you said he's a fraud, right? He's a fraud, yes. And why do you say he's a fraud? Have you seen his opponent's records? <laughs> tell me about him. They're five and nineteen. He's fourteen and zero. You tell me. Okay. He can't box. He can't fight in. Uh, I think I don't know if it was Michigan or Florida he got in trouble with, but he was paying people to fight him so he could fucking pat his record. The dude is a fraud. And the reason I want to fight him, the real reason I want to fight him, other than him being a fucking fraud, is he was super cool with me backstage after weigh-ins or before weigh-ins, after we had already weighed in or whatever he was back there. And you know, I told him the reason I was there and shit. And then he talked shit about my performance and that I shouldn't have dedicated it to my children. So I want to smack him in his fucking mouth for that. So if anybody in BKFC is listening, if you need an opponent for John Chalback, I know I said I wanted to chill out on 145 for a while, but I will cut 145 for that motherfucker all day long. 
and I'm making an exciting fight. Um, but I don't care who they like. Well, there's another guy that they're talking about me fighting. Um, I'm not going to say his name, um, but yeah, there's a couple of guys out there right now that they that they're looking at me fighting. But I I really want to fight Chaw back. I don't think it's going to be plausible right now since he's one and zero and I'm zero and one. You but, don't you don't want to say his name because you don't want to give him any burn, or you don't want to say his name because you're not allowed to. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to or not, so that's why. I had somebody that I thought of that would be a great fight for you. And uh okay. He's you can from, say whatever you want. Nah, I, I know. I, I could I could say whoever <laughs> I want. But no, this and this is a long shot. This is a this is a long shot because of the circumstances. Okay, I'm gonna give you some hints and you're gonna try to guess who it is, okay? All right. He's uh covered in tattoos. He's from the UK and he's relatively unknown in the United States. He's that fucking boxer guy. The UK's worst boxer. No, you're wrong. I'm, no. I'm not talking about old Mr. Good John. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about a guy named TJ Chang who is fighting out of Thailand. I would you love know, to fight TJ. I love dude, TJ. Dude, you and TJ Chang writes itself. Bad versus evil. Yeah. Fucking Malo versus Hellboy. Two tattooed up fucking psychopaths. In Thailand. In Thailand. You want to fight him in Thailand? Oh, want to fight him yeah. at a bare knuckle kingdom? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, at the top of a hill when it's like a hundred degrees. Yeah, please with, tell me eighty uh, percent humidity. Dude, I, I I thought of this. I don't know if anybody else has already thought of this or if you thought of this, but TJ Chang and you at one hundred and fifty-five pounds would be a fucking great show. And and if you wanted to make that trek over to Thailand and do it up on a hilltop for fucking bare knuckle kingdom, that would be even better. Fuck yeah, I would all day long. John Nutt has my number. I gave it to him when they announced uh, Thailand Kingdom. Give me TJ uh, Chang all day. Like, that's who I want. Like, I want named people. I want people that are going to make me excited to train. If I, if I know it's a guy that I'm going to beat easily or that I should beat easily, I'm not going to train very hard. But if it's somebody that I know can beat me, like, I don't think he, Good John could beat me, but I think he could give me a really good fight. I think it'd be a really hard fight for me. But he would give me the motivation to train. Um, Charles Bennett would give me the motivation to train. TJ Chang would give me the motivation to train. Like I want somebody with a name. So that way, when I do win, it's legit. I don't want to win against some bummy ass dude. I don't want to put two bummy ass, you know, cause people think I'm a bummy ass dude, put two bummy ass dudes and the best bummy ass dude wins. And I fuck that. Give me the guy that's supposed to beat me and let me prove myself. That's, that's what I'm here for. Man, I'm going to tell you right now that Frankie Small is in the comments. We have not been putting his comments up here, but this dude is going hard at you. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you want to see him. He's telling you that you need to bring your ass to a YMCA boxing class. He's he's telling you that his 11-year-old daughter could fuck you up. Ask I don't know. Who has we, we were trying contract and who don't. We're we're trying to like not we like we don't want to like you know, add some fuel to the fire here, yeah. but and I know he's in there. He's got his viewpoint, and you've got yours. So like, but he's, he's on the outside. Hard I'm to... on the inside. Yeah, <laughs> well, that that is true. You got in there. That's right, man. What is it? Okay, what is it about Malo and his friends that draws so much hate from everybody? Like you guys are like the fucking lightning rods on social media for everyone to just talk all kinds of shit. People thought I would go away after I fought. They thought I didn't. would go away, and I didn't go away. Like <laughs> I said, I wouldn't. You sure didn't. Like no. I knew, I knew going into that fight that I really wasn't ready for that fight. That's why Elvin didn't corner me. 
because Elvin would have came. Elvin was there. You seen Elvin at the at the fights? Elvin yep. was there. The reason he did not corner me is because he knew that I was not ready. But the first person that was there beside me to congratulate me on my performance right after my fight when I was inside the lot in, inside the doctor's room was Elvin. He was one of the most excited at the event. And that meant the world to me because I, I thought that I let him down and I was there crying. I was bawling my eyes out. And when I seen him, the tears stopped because he was like, I'm a believer, man. He's like, you know, you did, you did, you did good. So that meant a lot to me. And uh, that's another motivating factor for why I want to get back in there because he spent a lot of time with me and I want to make him and I want to make Caesar proud. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, you know, Elvin Brito seems like a very, very good person. Like, I, I just I watch his videos. I hear the way that you guys talk about him. I see that his family invites everybody. You know, when you come to Puerto Rico, they're very they seem very welcoming. You know, his wife's cooking for you guys. It, it's it's he seems like such a nice guy. He is. He's very underrated in bare knuckle. I mean, they have like the most defensive highlights and shit, and he's not even on it. And he's the fucking most defensive fighter in bare knuckle. Um, he doesn't get the shine that he deserves because he's not super vocal. So I'm hoping that I can bring a little bit of shine to him. Like, that's why I want to excel to this. So I can show him like, or show them that that's what he, like, he's responsible for this. When I go out there and I stomp whoever they put in front of me, Elvin's going to be the one that's responsible for that. If I got there and shit the bed, I'm responsible for that. But if I go out there and, and, and do what I'm training to do and what Elvin's teaching me to do, that's Elvin's win. And that's what I want to bring to him in July. Like, I love awesome. Elvin. Like, I have a deep love for Elvin. <laughs> <laughs> You're renting one of his houses right now, too. So Yeah. That's good, man. Um, well, I got to tell you, man, Malo, you, you shocked everybody by talking your way into that first fight. Yeah. You've shocked everybody even more by not going away after that first fight, which you're you're not you're an anomaly for sure. Uh, you definitely have a great heart as far as towards the fight game. Um, so I don't know what all the hate and discontent is behind the scenes with all the people that you got coming at you, but uh, I don't get it either, man. Yeah, I don't get it. So from from us here you keep grinding and doing what you're doing you seem like you have found the right camp to you know hone your skills fucking get your technique up and um keep on keep on doing what you're doing dude don't let any of any of these fuckers uh bring you can down I, can i address this question here mm -hmm. yeah okay so yeah like, that's why i brought it up yeah I, i've always been kind of humble but like, so what that fight done to me is made me realize what I can and cannot do and not to play with my, with my body as much. Um, I know that I can fight. Um, so no, the, the, the fight didn't humble me. It just made me hungrier, I guess. Um, I'm a very humble person. Like if you meet me and you speak with me, you end up liking me. Like there was, you know, there was five or six people in Mississippi that wanted to beat the dog shit out of me. And as soon as they met me, we were good to go. You know what I mean? So like, I don't put out a different persona. Like I am who I am. Um, I say what I, what I say. Like I went to the, I went to the Mississippi trial or the Miss was it Mississippi. No, the Alabama tryouts. I went to the Alabama tryouts because there was seven or eight people there that said, Hey, if you show up, we're going to smack you in the mouth. 
And I, as soon as I got there, I seen one of them go into the bathroom. I followed him into the bathroom to see if they're going to smack me in the mouth. I have I've um, read about this. Yeah. So like, I want everybody to know, like, I'm not putting on a front for social media. Like I will fight you anywhere you want to fight. Um, but I'm doing this because I want to make a name for myself so I can prove to my children that I didn't give up on them. That's the only reason I'm doing this. I'm doing this for no, I'm not doing this for the money. Let's see. Especially when he talks to others with records, getting a shot. Don't hate the dude. So Frankie, uh, seems to really hate Chris Saro. Yep. Yeah. I don't get that. Chris is a good dude, man. Like Chris is a great, Chris is a, is a great dude. He's, he's got a big heart. Um, you know, he, he, he loves a fight game too, but, um, like, People are mad at me right now because of how I got in <clears throat> and then they're trying to do the same thing. But what they're failing to realize is that they're calling me out, which doesn't look good to a promoter. If you were a promoter, would you want somebody calling out your champion or a dude that lost his debut? You know what I mean? Yes. So I do. that that's my only, that's my only thing. So like, you know, when, when I, when I, when I, when I say shit about these guys, it's, I'm not saying that they don't deserve to be in. I'm saying they're doing the wrong things. You, nobody, nobody is ever going to be able to do what I did because they're not allowing that anymore. I shut that down. So you can't do what I did. Yeah. I trailblazed it and I shut it down. If I'd have went out there and, and, and bombed ass and, 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 and stopped Grant, then it may have been a shot. But now the tryouts are the only way to get in. So doing all these posts and flashing all these 20s and all that shit like that other dude was doing – it, it, it's just giving the sport a bad name. Like you're, you're, you can't do that now. I did it because it was available at the time. It's not available anymore. So I don't want, I don't want this sport to become a circus and that's what it's becoming right now. Cause you've got pretty much everybody that was at the Alabama tryouts is signed to a management company right now. Thinking that they're signed to bare knuckle man or bare knuckle fighting championships. It's ridiculous. Well, we spoke on Nate Shook. You mentioned Nate Shook earlier. Have you talked to him lately? Has he told you who your next opponent is? Do we know? I don't know if I maybe I missed this in the or earlier. Yeah, if mean, you mentioned it, but did he tell you you have a fight for sure, and this is who it's going to be, or are we just speculating? You know, you know, maybe John Shelbeck, maybe Tyler Goodjohn. Yeah, no, we have maybe some, we just you know we came have up with T.J. Chang. Yeah, uh, I, I'd love to fight. That's a good. That was a good accident. Or Spencer Rajeri. That I do want to fight Spencer. Um, but I think me and Spencer need to go out and get a win first. And then I think that I think we're a main card fight. I think that makes you guys compatible, you know, for a fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, because... I was fighting right now that, that when they were, as they were fighting, if you watch the fights, as said, I, want fighting, the Viking. I went up, I, I went up to Dave. I was like, I want the Viking. I want the Viking. Um, and, uh, yeah, I got, I got ushered back to my seat real quick, but, um, I, I, I want, I, I, I want Spencer Ruggieri for sure. Um, no, no animosity at all. Um, I just, I, I like what the kid's doing. I like how he's presenting himself. Um, and he doesn't block anything so I can just light him up and he doesn't move. He's not Jared Grant. So if I can have somebody that can stand in front of me, my biggest thing was when I was reaching for Jared, I got exhausted. I couldn't hit him. If you, if you watch it again, every time I strike, I stand, I plant, and then I strike. You can't do that. So um, I'm learning to move with my punches, and um, yeah, I want to fight this Viking. Yeah, the Viking is the, the fight I want. Him and him and Chalback. 
I think that would be a good fight between you two. I think you guys would have a good match. Um, tell Nate, tell Nate, tell Nate and David to give me the Viking. <laughs> uh, I think gonna... me and the Viking in Dallas would be amazing. <laughs> there you go. We're gonna have him next Thursday, so we'll talk to him uh, about you. Yeah, I mean, we 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 speak a lot. Um, we we speak, we converse back and forth. Um, I've trolled him a little bit. Um, we've spoken about that, so I'm not going to be doing that anymore. Um, cause I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the guy. Um, I have a lot of respect for him and, and his background and stuff. So I just want to fight him because I think it would be a great fight for the fans, a great fight for the promotion. Um, this wouldn't be a fight where it would be, you know, oh, I'm going to kill you. I think it'd be a great fight. I think we're on the same level technically and skill wise. Um, yeah, I mean, Owen one versus Owen one would be cool, but I would like for both of us to have somewhere to go. So I'd like for I'd like for us to both have a win. That way, whoever lost still had a place in the company. Right. So you're not sitting at zero and two. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Well, 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 well. well. That's just Mama. my business mind working, you know. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you one more question. Do you, Do you ever re- regret any of the things that you uh, you put on social media? Like you ever. You ever put something out there to like troll someone and then be like, oh, fuck, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Nah, I usually say what I mean at the time. Okay. Like there's a, there's a big thing going on right now where, um, I got into it with a Jewish guy and, um, I made some personal statements to him that seemed anti-Semitic, which weren't, but other people viewed them. And, I mean, all they wanted was an apology, and I refused to do it because I said what I said, and I meant what I said. Um, the dude spoke about my children's situation, and I spoke out of anger, and I said what was on my mind at the time. So anything that I've put on social media, only thing I've, I regret putting on social media, and nothing with trolling, is just the um, information that I put out about my situation, my family situation with my children and things. It just gives people in, um, ammunition to say stupid shit to get me fired up. Which mm-hmm. you guys have seen numerous times on interviews. Yeah. It's you know, someone mentioned somebody's family. I, I understand. So I, I, I get it. When I see anything like that happen, you know, it really does fire people up. There's something about that that, you know, it's like back in school. You know, when you're in, in school and somebody says something about your mom for some reason yeah. you just flip your lid. You're like, what you say? Don't say something about my fucking mom. And he yeah. starts freaking out. Hey, that was it. Hey, he said something about your mom. You know there's gonna be a fight. <laughs> you know somebody. You know somebody's gonna fight. It don't matter. It it's recess, you know, or after school. Somebody's getting their yeah, ass you're beat. Getting into it. You, uh, yeah, I, you, you better get ready. I think what it is is the fact that I don't have control of the situation, and then people are are are, are saying untrue things. Like they don't know the situation, so they're just you know, oh, you're a shitty father or whatever the case may be. So that's what pisses me off about it. But that's the only thing that I regret putting on social media is my personal stuff. But I mean, I suffer from, from depression, like I suffer from bad depression as a lot of fighters do. I think you've mentioned that before. um, That's my only outlet. Like I don't talk to, I'm very antisocial. I don't like to, I don't like to talk to people. Um, even like, like Elvin's one of the most talkative people on the planet. And I, and and we barely speak because like, I just don't, we, I mean, we talk a lot, you know what I mean? But I don't voice my personal opinions. And I use Facebook as like a diary. And um, I just wish I'd never done that. Yeah. You know, I know you you, you spoke on uh, your depression before and how you, you handled it with, uh, I think it was microdosing yeah. uh, shrooms, right? 
and and I know that Kyle that? mentioned it on Mission uh, Mission Impossible uh, Mission Accomplished Mission Impossible. You like that one? It's time for me to go watch some movies. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you you did you you talked about it on Mission Accomplished, and you talked about because we're in the military and depression and suicide is a huge thing uh, in our line of work. And, uh, you, you spoke on that a little bit on the podcast, which was greatly appreciated because people like to hear from people like you, uh, you know, you are, maybe you don't think so. Maybe other people don't think so, but you are out there as a role model, you know, people do look to you for inspiration. So thank you for that, for speaking on that. Uh, I, and I, I appreciate that. Uh, that, that, that. That's one cool thing that's going on about this is I get a lot of, like, there's a lot of hate out there for sure. Mm -hmm. But I get a lot of messages from people. They're like, hey, man, like you're a true inspiration to me. Like um, a friend of mine that's also in the in the in the in the sports world that does uh, media stuff, uh, Nicholas Sherlock. He's going to be actually yep. fighting MMA and um, in May for Empire. Well, shout out to him. That's badass. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, he told me he's like, you know, you got you and a couple other people really fired me up and, and inspired me to do this, you know. So um, just things like that is, is really awesome. Like because. I really do want to inspire people. I know that I talk a lot of shit and I act like an asshole, but I do want to be a role model for people. And I, I want, I want people to know that you can lose everything that you've ever known and you don't have to lose your identity and you can be who you really are. Cause like I, I lost everything, man. I lost my kids. I lost my house, my cars, my dog, everything. And I've reinvented myself as who I really am and I'm living my dreams. So I'm hoping other people can see that, that, that you know, I had this dream since I was like 18 years old. And it took me 20 years to accomplish and it took me losing my family and my home and, and, and everything to accomplish it or to even start to accomplish it. You know, so not every ending is an end. There's always a beginning. Every day is a new chance. And I just that's the message I want to get across to people. Like I, I do hope that I can be in this industry for a long time, even after I retire from fighting and, and inspire people and, and, and inspire change on, on, on things, especially family law. Well said. Well said, dude. Um, I would think that's about it for tonight there, guys. We, we've been on for an hour and a half. Molo Hell gave yeah. 40 minutes. Sorrow gave us 45 minutes. You guys are fucking awesome for coming on and doing mm -hmm. what you do. Um, yeah, you, you with some inspirational words to finish off the night. We'll let you have a chance to uh, to shout some people out. And um, if there is if there is a particular fighter besides Spencer Ruggiero and you said John Lee Chalbeck, you know, shout out to Nick, uh, to Nate shook right now. If you want to tell him who you want. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I do want to give a shout out to, to Nate shook and David Feldman for, for one, put me on knuckle mania and give me the, the platform and, and the chance. Um, but yeah, I mean, David knows I want to fight the Viking. Nate knows, knows I want to fight the Viking. I would love that fight. I trained my ass off for that fight. Um, and I want John Chaw back. I would definitely train my ass off for that fight because I know the dude can box. I just don't think he's as good as everybody thinks he is. Um, I mean, even think like, I mean, maybe even put me in there with Greg Bono and let me finish him bef uh, quicker than, than Chawback did and then give me Chawback. You know, that, I, I'd be willing to do that. Um, but I want to give a shout out to, you know, Turp House Clear, TurpHouseClear.com. Shout out to Goat Combat the Combat Agency um, for sticking by me all the time. Vince and, and Scott, they've done a lot for me um, through my ups and my downs. Uh, shout out to Coach Caesar. Shout out to um, Elvin Brito for, you know, allowing me to come down here to Puerto Rico and show me what beautiful life is. 
And um, shout out to you guys for bringing me on the show. And then shout out to all the fans and, and all the haters. I mean, haters are fans too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? They keep tuning in. So. Yeah. You know what, man? Uh, I I just got to say thank you for coming back on the show. I know that you say you're uh you're what did you call yourself? You're the Howard. What the fuck did you the, call? Uh, the Harold Howard. The Harold. He said, Howard. You, you want to come on? And he said uh, we got a saying in Canada: if you're coming on, come on. So that's why I'll, I'll come on. And, you know, the Harold Howard. <laughs> Harold Howard. All right, man. Like I love being on. And then uh, I'm having I'm getting internet installed tomorrow, so I'll be able to be in the house. I apologize about the lighting for everybody. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, you sound, I, I love, you sound good and yeah, every, I mean, even great, though you, it's a little shaded, but I you look, look fine. I sound better than I look all the time. So it's all good. <laughs> look, that's, Hey, that's, sometimes some people have some crazy connections and other times they don't, but your connections have been fine all night. And, uh, you know, so that's great. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on. Mike, what do you got? Well, I'm also going to say thank you. Uh, for being on the podcast, you've got your sponsors there at the bottom of the screen. You shouted them out. We had a fun game, Sorrow or Malo. I'm going to cut that out and put that in another video so people can watch that too. It's yeah, been fun. Cool. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, you're welcome to come back anytime. And uh, hey, take care. And we look forward to seeing you in your next fight, fight maybe in July. One, yeah, I have one question for you. Are you guys going to be in Alabama? We're trying to get there, man. I with uh, yeah, I don't know. I want to be for sure. I want to be. We should be. We know right. that. Um, with our with our like schedule with work and military like weekends, like we only we get three weekends off a month. So like we're you know we got maybe six days off in a month. That's about it. And Kyle's coming back from vacation soon, so, so he's already we, been you away. Know, you know you what it is. Malo, we're trying to, we, I've been in the military for over 20 years and he's been, he's been in for over 12 and like, you know, we've done enough. We've been on, on enough deployments and, and this and that. I think what we're trying to do is turn this into something that we could do instead of being in the military. So I can go to all these goddamn events. You know what I'm saying? So they can stop telling me what to do. Yeah. I was going to say the military gets upset when you miss work. Yeah, oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> it's hard to get out sometimes, but you know what? Sometimes they're really good to us, and I think they're going to be really good to us coming up in July. So, I call yes. the China military then because it's really hard to get out of that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you are correct, sir. <laughs> All right, man. We will we'll, we'll do our best down to get down there and see you guys. All right, yeah, we get. I'll, I'll be down there with Chris, and uh, you know, we've got Ryan Jones fighting from Goat Combat. Um, you know, I can't wait to watch Josh Burns fight again. I like him. We're I'm, I'm personal friends with Josh. Um, I know that him and Sorrow have a little bit of stuff, but you know, that's between them. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'd love to see you guys down there, man. So, uh, shoot me a DM next week. And let's see if we, we can't work something out. Make sure you guys can get down there. Yeah. We would All love right, to man. get down there. So thank you. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon, Mo. All, All right, right everybody. The green haired geezer, the bastard of bare knuckle. Malo, Brandon, Lambert. Take it I, easy, man. I appreciate you guys, man. Have hey, a good take it easy. Later. Later. The All green right. head geezer. The green head geezer. I like that. I think that, you know, I think it's it, funny. Dude. Everybody else can say whatever they want, but I think for some reason that one line, hey, it's the green head geezer. The green haired <laughs> geezer. There you I are. Yeah, man. Another good show, Mike. Yeah, I enjoyed this. It was fun. 
What do you say? Uh, we, what do we got coming up? Man, what do we have coming up? Mm-hmm. Next Let's- Wednesday on Mission Accomplished, I yep. have a MMA veteran, yes, a, you combat, do. a combat veteran, Miss Sarah Click. Yes. Miss Sarah, Sarah Click, Click, who has who fought in Invicta and in Bellator and a few other organizations that I can't think of off the top of my head because we've been talking for an hour and a half and I'm fucking losing my mind. And you've been uh, on vacation and 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 you've been just burning completely it neglecting me. I feel like I, I know, unbelievable. I, I almost cried. <laughs> you know, I've been uh, maybe I'm going to admit I cried a little bit, but uh-uh. you know, and Steph was getting upset because she thinks that our relationship is tighter than you know. The me and, and Steph, you know, do you hear this? What is this? <laughs> I hear you, know? too, man. But the thing is, man, like on top of like, I wish that I've been could have been uh, putting in the work like you have been. And I appreciate you doing that, dude. But I got to tell you, Disney, Disney is no fucking joke, man. Fuck you come down them. here with your, your kids. Fuck. You come down here with the wife and kids and you are moving. Dude, From I the minute even. you wake up mm. to the minute you go to sleep, hey. you're putting in 10 miles of walking a day. It's just These fighters crazy. think it's hard to do three a days in Puerto three Rico days. getting yeah. ready for a fucking fight. Try going to fucking Disney World with your kids, okay? Then you'll yeah, see dude. what... Uh, yeah, that's all the days. That's dude. all a day. You don't and, uh, fucking get a chance to stop and you're going to pay $20 for a goddamn small french fry. Yeah, yeah, and get some bag you're fries. You're sweating out, out. You're sweating out, and in a two-hour line to go on a damn shitty. You get on a ride, and you're like, "Oh, this is cool." And then you get off and go, "Actually, I waited for two hours. That kind of wasn't that good." Nah. Yeah. And you and you you're dehydrated because you don't feel like paying thirty dollars for a goddamn sprite. You know, it's fucking hilarious too. And we were down here, and they're and they're like, "We have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old," and they're like, um, "Yeah, yeah." Uh, the two kids want to ride together on every ride, and they're like, "Ooh, well." You got to be seven year old or 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 more to sit with another child. If it's if it's six or under, they have to sit with an adult. I'm like, no, you're fucking seven for the rest of this day, the rest okay. of this trip, dude. Every single time a Disney employee walked towards him, he'd be like, I'm seven. You know, Nolan, no one, no one would not give them the opportunity to ask his age. He'd yeah, be like, I'm seven. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> you want to fight about it? I'll push you right underneath one of these friggin' seats and you'll friggin' be underneath on the track the whole time, all the way up the Epcot ball and back down. You'll be grinding across the railing. Oh man. Yeah. It was great. Like what a great trip. Kids had a blast. We rode all the biggest rides, but I need a vacation after a vacation. You know how that is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, What's oh, uh, I wanted to say that I, I didn't. I don't think we addressed this on the Christine Faria f- uh, show the other day. Yeah, that that I was truly, truly heartbroken when I heard that DMX died the other day. Oh, oh I know, and I I mentioned that because I know she loves DMX, so I mentioned it when we announced her. Um, yeah, it, that one that one hit hard. I, I'm telling you, I went I went an entire summer without listening to anybody anything other than DMX. You know what I'm saying? Because the year that Dark is it's Dark and Hell is Hot came out and it's uh Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. Oh yeah. They they came out two like they came out like four months apart from each other, both it, in the same year. It was year. fast. It was uh it was awesome. And it was just bang, 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 hit after hit, dude. It was so good. Yeah. So before we get off here, you were asking who's coming on. And Wednesday, April 21st, we have Sarah Click, as you said, and then Matt Lightning Lyle before yep. he heads off to his fight 
finally he has his passport and he's ready to go. So we'll have him on. Yeah, Matt Lyle, he's going to be fighting Eric Flores for the World Muay Thai title down in Mexico City on April 24th. So we will, he will stop in one last time to let us know how he, how prepared he is. And then the day after that, which is April 22nd, we will have on Mike the Marine, Richmond. Richmond, badass motherfucker right there. Yeah, got the mustache and everything. Got the... Got the the whole the whole pikey thing going loop going on at the end, you know the old school bare knuckle boxer look going on. So that should be fun. And after him will be Spencer Rajiri. So that should be a fun podcast too. Um, hey, it's been real, Kyle. It's been it's real. Been, man. It's been really real. <laughs> it's been real, real. Let's let's call it a night, man. I gotta go to sleep. You don't gotta go to sleep. Stop bullshitting. Yeah, I might have a beer. Stay up. You have a call. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. And I'm going to finish my drink, and we're probably bullshit for just a few minutes. And yeah, and you then know, you got to go to work in the morning. Yeah, I got to go to work in the morning. You know why? Because I'm a damn idiot, and I didn't take the day off, and I never do. <laughs> I always go. You know what? I'm going to take the day off tomorrow. It'd be so nice. And then I never do it. You never do it. Call me a workaholic, or call me a goddamn dummy. I'm one <laughs> or the other. So you dang dummy. I'm a goddamn dummy. All right. All right, everybody. Thanks well, for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. It's always real. It's been real. And this is the Mike and Miss Show signing off. Peace. <laughs>